Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Tonight I want to bring a word to the house. I hardly ever do this, just giving a title up front. and Most of the time I really don't have a certain kind of title until we begin to process these words for the web, for our website. But I want to speak to you tonight about angels on assignment. Angels on assignment. If you would, I really want to encourage you to take some great notes tonight. I'm going to be using a lot of scriptures, okay? So use your Bibles and amen. Will you do that? Use your Bibles. Take some good notes. And if I, if I move quickly along on some of these scriptures, would you just put them into your notes, okay, to look at them later? And I know a lot of you access the website. You, you see the audio file or the video file. You go back and you receive the message again. But I want to encourage you, get some good notes tonight. Would you do that? So in Joshua 5, we see that Joshua is up against a mighty fight against the Amorites. And there is a revelation here that takes place. It's a mighty, mighty revelation. Beginning in 13, it said, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Are you with us or are you against us? Are you with us or are you for our enemies? So he said, no. Two questions there and he answers it with a no. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth. And worshiped. And he said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off of your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. Notice this, and Joshua did so. Now, I don't want you to miss this tonight. That first of all, we have to understand really who this is in this scripture. Anytime an angel manifested in scripture and someone fell to the ground and began to worship, the angel would stop them immediately from that worship and they would say, do not do that. I am but a fellow worker with you. Okay? There would, an angel would always stop that level of worship from happening and they would stop them and say, no, I'm but a fellow worker with you. Do not worship me. But here we see something very different. Once he approaches this man, this commander with his sword drawn in his hand, Joshua is perplexed. And he says, as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua's response with that level of word, no, I have come as the commander of the army of the Lord. With his response, he falls to the earth, he begins to worship. He asks the question, what do you have to say, Lord? Then the commander of the Lord says to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place is holy. Notice he did not stop the worship. This is the Lord Jesus manifesting here in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. This is a theophany. This is a theophany is a revelation of the pre-incarnate Christ. Now, the incarnation is what? It's a theological term. The incarnation is when Jesus became flesh. That's literally what it means. In John 1.14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Remember this? John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That means that is the incarnation. When the Word becomes reality or the Word becomes flesh, that is the incarnation. What we're seeing here is a theophany and a revelation of Jesus showing up on the scene as the commander of the Lord's host, the Lord's army. I submit to you that that is the army of the angel armies of heaven itself. I want to talk to you tonight about angels on assignment. Angels is... Are, they're all over Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. We're going to speak about some of this tonight 
And then we're going to go into some activation and some time of prayer tonight of loosing God's holy angels on assignment. Are you ready? Are you ready? So in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see this. Jesus, Jesus has this conflict where now Judas has come in the night. He's come with the armies, or not the armies, but with the, the soldiers there to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane right there on the Mount of Olives. Doug is shaking his head, and he remembers it so well. We were just there just weeks ago. But Jesus said to him, he said, put away your sword from its place, and all who take the sword will perish by that sword. Or do you think, now listen to this question, do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Wow. I want you to hear those words tonight. I'm going to read it out of another translation. He says, put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will, buy, uh, will, will die by the sword. Do you not realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly? Wow. How much strength do you think one angel possesses? Tonight, I want us to think about that. Tonight, I want us to consider the full impact of Jesus' words, what he is saying here in the Gospel of Luke. Let's look at three questions quickly. The first question I want to pose to you tonight is, what is a legion? What is a legion? It is 6,000 Roman soldiers. Put it in your notes tonight. A legion is 6,000 foot soldiers. See, an amazing example of this is found in the gospel of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 and verse 9, where the Bible tells us there was a demon-possessed man of the Gadarenes that had a legion of demons. This means that this man had an infestation of, a, of at least 6,000 demons residing in him. Now, I want to pause for just a moment and let that really settle in you and think about that. Think about how vast the human spirit is and has the ability to be filled and to be possessed with the spirit of the living God. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells within you. Think about the unlimitless power that abides within every believer. There is more power on the inside of every believer than all the armies of the earth combined. Man, this word is coming out strong. Listen to these words. He says, don't you understand, I could call more than 12 legion of angels right now from my Father. This is what Jesus says in the Garden of Gethsemane. How many angels would there be in 12 legions? Well, 6 times 12 is 72,000. 72,000. What would be the combined strength of that number of angels? It becomes obvious that there's no human force on earth that would be strong enough literally to take Jesus by force. We talked just a couple weeks ago that when they approached Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he said this question, he said, who do you seek? Who do you seek? He said, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said three words, I am he. And in the book of John, it tells us that that garrison of soldiers fell to the ground under the power of his spoken word. My God. He said, I am he, and literally all of them fell to the ground. Could you imagine getting up and trying to put a chain around Jesus? I want to remind you that nobody took Jesus' life. He freely surrendered it. Come on, church. He, free, he freely surrendered and gave his life. No one could take Jesus' life from him. He received a command from his father, and that command was, you have the power to lay your life down. And you have the power to take up your life again. Jesus said these words. He says, this command I have received from my Father. He wasn't confused. Wow. 
I think about these words that later Jesus would stand before Pilate. After standing before Caiaphas, he was turned over to Pilate. And in John chapter 19 and verse 11, he says these words to Pilate. He says, you would have no power over me or against me whatsoever except it were given to you from above. That's bold. That's bold. Jesus was fierce. He was bold. He knew the power and the authority, and he knew the angel armies that were ready to back him up at any given moment with just a spoken word. Think about this tonight. We're talking about angels on assignment. Angels on assignment. We're going somewhere. Jesus could have literally summons 72,000 magnificent, mighty, dazzling, glorious, overwhelmingly powerful angels to the garden to take care of those Roman soldiers. But he didn't. Why? Because he was there to voluntarily lay his life down for the sin of the human race. In Psalm 84 Right around verses 9 or 9 through 12, it says that God is the God of angel armies. Say it tonight. He is the God of angel armies. Say it again. He is the God of angel armies. In 2 Kings chapter 19, you, you should go back and just in your devotional time this week and in your time of study of getting alone with the Lord, find your way back to 2 Kings 19. It will utterly fascinate you. Where King Hezekiah of Israel, this is the time of Hezekiah and the time of Isaiah the prophet. You remember that Sennacherim, the king of, of Syria, came with 185,000 soldiers on the Mount of Olives and stood against Israel. And Isaiah the prophet stood on the top of the walls of Israel and he told that army, he said, you will not pass. And the armies of this, of this enemy, their arrows will not be able to penetrate and fly into these walls. He declared it. The scriptures tells us that that morning that they awoke, after Isaiah got up that night and prophesied to Sennacherim and to his army, when they woke up, 185,000 soldiers laid down dead in the ground, on the ground, on the Mount of Olives. And you know what the Scripture reveals to us? That God released one angel to do it. He released how many? One angel. One angel to do it. We're talking about angels on assignment tonight. How powerful are angels Angels appear from the beginning of the Garden of Eden all the way to the closing of the book of Revelation. Angels are actually mentioned over 300 times in Scripture. Angels have a purpose. They have a commission from heaven. They have a power literally to affect your life and affect your very call and your, desti your destiny. They come to affect your ability so that you and I as sons and daughters of God, we literally discover the cutting edge and the winning edge, which we know is called the favor of God. I want to give you a definition tonight because when we talk about the favor of God in our lives, we have to understand God has commissioned holy angels to the heirs of salvation to each and every one of us so that we break through, that we prosper, and that we overcome. He sends angels on assignment. He loses favor and providence upon us through the ministry of angels that are on their assignment to break through for us. Some of you will remember, many of you may remember a story about a woman that was literally, her life was literally saved by angels in my hometown. And she had tried to commit suicide that night. And she took her car and flipped it into a cornfield there in Illinois. And, and she, that, that car flipped and flipped and flipped and flipped. And she got out of there without one scratch on her. 
She saw the the bridge in my hometown. She went up on that bridge. She took her shoes off and left them on the ledge of that bridge. We were in the worst drought, the Illinois River. Man, I'm preaching tonight. Are you okay? You with me? The Illinois River was at an all-time low, at an all-time low. The river flowed south. We lived three blocks north of the bridge. The river flows south. We lived three blocks of the bridge. We were in a total drought. The, the river water had never been so low. She got up off the t- on the top of that bridge. She took her shoes off, left them there, jumped off to take her life. She hit the water. She went into the river mud. And the next thing she remembered was opening her eyes on our back porch, looking at a sign that my mom and dad had hung on that back porch. Joshua's words, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. My dad pulled her into our kitchen. She was covered by river mud. She looked like the swamp thing. All you could see were the whites of her eyes. You didn't know if it was a man or a woman. All you could see was just the whites of her eyes and the police showing up at our home. And sure enough, the dispatch went. They found her shoes resting on top of that bridge. They found her car in that cornfield. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, angels are sent on assignment. And when she she went into that river mud. The angels of God were commissioned to rescue her very life and destiny, pull her out, and save her. Come on, go ahead and shout the victory. Angels are on assignment. On assignment. Angels are on assignment. I'm telling you, I'm so stirred by this message. I had a profound, something happened this week. I'm not going to go into that. I told my wife, I said, Bren, things are fixing to burst loose. Things are fixing. Man, fixing. Where would I get that? I just went to Kentucky and grabbed me some fixing. Some three-piece chicken and fixings. Donna Scott, she's in, she's in Tennessee tonight. I think she'd love that fixing. Fixing and grits. God's fixing to bust loose in here. Come on. In Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6, the angels literally shut the mouths of lions. Angels literally shut the mouths of lions as the prophet Daniel is cast into a pit of hungry lions. In verse 22, it says, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they did not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. My God. My God. In the book of Acts chapter 12, put it in your notes tonight, angels literally deliver the apostle Peter from Herod's prison. Peter is under 24-hour guard and watch. The church is praying fervently for his deliverance and his release from prison. In Acts chapter 12, verse 7, it says, Suddenly there was an angel of, of the Lord that appeared to him. There was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on his side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up, and chains fell off of his wrist. That angel led him, according to Scripture, that angel literally led Peter out of prison. I'm talking about angels on assignment. Could you imagine trying to go to rest tonight, Lemuel? And you're laying there, and an angel just smacks you on your side and says, get up. (laughs) Do you imagine that? My wife woke up in the middle of the night one night. She saw a hand that was pointing like this. It was massive. It was a massive hand in our master bedroom pointing her to get out and go down and pray. I'm talking about angels on assignment. Are you with me tonight? In Matthew chapter 4, put it in your notes, an angel literally came and ministered to Jesus in the wilderness after he was being tempted by the devil. 
Angels came and ministered to the Son of God. When Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, angels came to him and they ministered to him. This is Luke chapter 22, verses 41 through 44. Luke 22, verses 41 through 44. And when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, Jesus knelt down and he prayed, Father, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then a sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. Literally, angels were released from heaven to come into that garden and minister to Jesus. I'm talking about angels on assignment tonight. In Acts chapter 10, I absolutely love this story. In Acts chapter 10, there's a magnificent story. I'm going to begin to read in verse 3. We're told about angels coming to the house of Cornelius. And they told him that his prayers and his offerings, his literal offerings and giving, have come up before the throne of God. And, he, and now God, the angel says, God is about to answer your prayers because of your prayers and your giving that have gone up before God. That's interesting, isn't it? That God actually watches over our giving. The silence of the lambs just hit the church. God watches over our giving. <laughs> Acts chapter 10 and verse 3, it was about the ninth hour of the day. And he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he, when he observed him or observed the angel, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? And so he said to him, your prayers and your alms, they've come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. That's the Mediterranean Sea right there. Joppa was an ancient port right there in what we know to be today, Tel Aviv. We were just there. I like saying that. We were just there, <laughs> and we're going back. <laughs> he will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke this to him had departed, Cornelius and two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among them who had waited on him continually, so he had explained all of these things to him, he sent them to Joppa. What am I saying? Angels on assignment. They were commissioned on the assignment to go to Cornelius' house. How many of you want the angels, the holy, dazzling, powerful, glorious, immeasurably unstoppable, fierce angels of God to start coming to your house? To your house. To your address. To your mailbox. Come on. To your mailbox. To your house. Wow. Man, when I said mailbox, it stirred up a memory in me. And I remember my wife and I, we were, this is when we were first married. And we, we had a load of debt from college. And I remember we were trying to get out of college. And <laughs> what, honey, what are you thinking? <laughs> we had a load of debt. We ate a lot of Campbell's soup that year, didn't we, baby, to the glory of God. And we kept putting money on our debt, money on our debt, and wiping that debt out. We were eating Campbell's soup. We were in the ministry, and we were happy. And we were paying down that debt, paying down that debt. And you know what? I went to the mailbox one day. I opened it up. There is a blank envelope laying in our mailbox, a, just a blank envelope, no writing on it, no nothing, sealed up. The only one who has access to that mailbox is the mailman who would come to our apartments, turn that key, open the back, and he'd just fill all the slots. And in our slot, there was an envelope, and there was $900 cash. Then we opened it up again, and there was $700, $100 bills. Isn't that true, honey? Yeah. It happened three times. 
Money just started appearing in our mailbox. I'm going to ask you again, how many of you want angels showing up at your address? <laughs> I remember telling that story, and my brother said, I think that drug, de drug dealer's money was ending up in your box. <laughs> I believe it was the Lord's angels. They found, found their way to our address. God is good. Well, thank you. There you go. Angels are ministering spirits according to the word. This is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Put it in your notes tonight. Hebrews chapter 1 and 14. Angels are ministering spirits, and they're sent to guard over the righteous. That's you, folks. That's you, sister. That's you, brother. They're sent to guard over the and watch over the righteous. There's an angel assigned to every believer. Are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? That's what it says. Listen to these words. This is in Matthew chapter 10. I, we're using our Bibles tonight, and I know you're, you're taking notes, and I'm loving that. In Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10, Jesus says these words. Listen to this. He says, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. My God. Think about that. I'm going to read that one more time, Matthew 18, 10. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Your angels see the face of Almighty God at all times. Think about that. My God, think about that. This should be exhilarating for us tonight. This should be an awakening. Our angels see the face of our Father. Angels bring answers. Angels bring answers. Angels bring revelation. Angels bring gifts. In Daniel chapter 9, we see that they literally brought answers and revelation to Daniel the prophet who was inquiring of the Lord. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, an angel named Gabriel, he's a messenger angel. Gabriel is a messenger angel. He comes to Mary to answer a question. What was her question? How shall this be? How shall this be? I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. I've never been intimate with a man. How shall this be? And what does the angel, what does Gabriel say? He says, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to conceive. And that child that you will be carrying will literally be called the Son of God. Gabriel, the messenger angel, came on assignment. Here's the declaration of God over your life. Now, listen, lest we begin to think we're just doing a biblical history lesson, I, I told you angels are in the Scriptures over 300 times from the Garden, of, uh, the Garden of Eden all the way to the book of Revelation. It should not be strange for us to be having interaction with angels. It should not be strange that there is heavenly activity that is happening amongst our families with angels. When you die, angels are going to escort you into the very presence of the throne room of God. How do I know this? Because the Bible says it. Jesus said it. You got scripture for that? Yes, I do. I'm glad you asked. This is in Luke 16. Put it in your notes tonight. Jesus tells a story in Luke 16 of a man named Lazarus who at one moment was begging for crumbs. Suddenly, suddenly, the next moment, Lazarus is taken and he's carried into the arms of angels that carry him to the throne room of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, folks. In verse, man, I'm telling you, this is like fire in my bones tonight. Verse 19, Jesus said, there was a certain rich man. Are you there? Luke 16, 19. There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, who had lived each day in luxury. And at the gate lay the poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores 
As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps or for crumbs from the rich man's table, the dogs would come up and lick his open sores. My God. The dogs would come and lick his open sores. Uh, <laughs> I had a, an experience today with our dog. We, I, I didn't know I was going to wake up. I took good old Snickers, our little Shih Tzu, out for a walk today. And I didn't know we were going to have a garage sale right in our neighborhood. So I come out looking all, you know, in my sweatpants, and it was nice and cool. And I've got my coffee. There's nothing worse than, than bending over to pick up your dog's moist droppings in front of everybody. How many of you all know what, what I'm talking about? It's just a school of humility, school of humility. And, man, she, she had to go. So anyway, anyway, back to the message. <laughs> the dogs would come and lick his open sores. How gross. Finally, the poor man died. This is Jesus' story. Finally, the poor man died, and he was carried by the angels who, who sit beside Abraham at a heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in a far distance with Lazarus at his side. And the rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus over here to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. Tell you what, you better beware if somebody tells you there's not a literal hell. You better beware it. Send Lazarus here to dip his finger in water and cool of my tongue. I am in anguish of flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. Now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over there to you from here. And no one can cross over there or over from there to us. And the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him, send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers. And I want him to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they have wrote. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham. But if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone raises from the dead. Jesus actually raised a man named Lazarus from the dead, and the Pharisees actually sought to kill him. I mean, you're having a bad day. If you died once and you were raised, and once you were raised, people are out to kill you. <laughs> he needs the church praying for him. <laughs> Now, let me be clear about what I'm saying tonight concerning angels on assignment. I want to be very clear tonight. Again, remember this. When you die, and every one of us are going to die at some time, it is appointed to every man to die and then the judgment. That's what the Scripture says. It is appointed to every man to die and then the judgment. Jesus tells this story and says that the moment that Lazarus died, he was escorted and carried how? In the arms of angels. They're on their assignment. They have heavenly commissions and assignments. And one of them is to carry us to the very throne room of Almighty God. I do not believe in angels because of Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. I don't believe in angels because of Hollywood, and Hollywood is producing lots of movies and lots of series right now actually about angels. I mean, you can go back all the way to the lovely movie of It's a Wonderful Life when good old Clarence, you know, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Now today we've got series even called Lucifer where they're depicting the fallen angel who's good and bad. 
I don't believe in angels because Hollywood is creating movies and series, folks. I don't believe in angels because someone just told me an angel story. I don't believe in angels because of the New Age movement. The New Age movement actually are very happy right now. They're, the New Age movement is telling us that angels are actually controlling UFOs, and one day those UFOs are going to begin to suck people off planet Earth by angel powers. Another lie birthed right in the pit of hell to erase the rapture of the church. I'm going to tell you why I believe in angels. Because the Word of God is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. Angels are created beings by God Almighty. They are created beings. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, stay with me tonight. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, it says, For by Him, God, for by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Angels are created beings by God for God and for the heirs of salvation. The Bible tells us that angels have superior knowledge. They have superior throne room, supernatural wisdom, counsel, understanding, knowledge, and insight. However, they do not know the day or the hour which Jesus will return to this earth. How do we know that? Because Jesus said that has literally been delegated to the Father himself. Listen to, listen to this verse, 2 Samuel. Chapter 14 and verse 20. Second Samuel chapter 14 and verse 20. This is such a powerful verse. To bring us about this change of affairs, your servant Joab has done this thing. But the Lord is wise according to the wisdom of the angel of God to know everything that is in the earth. Whoa. Did you hear that? They know everything that is going on in the earth. That's fascinating to me. But the Lord is wise according to the wisdom of the angel of God to know everything that is in the earth. Angels have superior revelational knowledge from the throne of God, the wisdom of God, the mind of God. Angels are without number. Write it down tonight. Angels are without number. This is how do we know this again? We're not looking at the Encyclopedia Britannica. We're, we're looking at the Scriptures tonight. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Hebrews 12 and 22. Angels are innumerable. Listen to what it says. But you and I have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Wow. To an innumerable company of angels. Of angels. That means they're not only invisible, that it means they're innumerable. You can't count them. Angels surround the righteous. Put it in your notes. Angels surround the righteous. Now you think about this. I'm, I was trying to wrap my mind freshly around this today. David writes, David writes in Psalm 34 and verse 7. 34 and verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. I'm going to read that again. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. That's your promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is our promise. This is our inheritance. God's given us angels to rescue us, to deliver us, to remove us out of harm's way. You know that Moses wrote Psalm 91. In Psalm 91 in verse 11, Moses writes these words. For he shall give his angels charge over to you to keep you 
in all of your ways. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Are you taking this personal yet tonight? I mean, really, are you taking this personal? I, I really want you to take this message personal for your family, for your life, for your spouse, for your children, for your generational line, for our city, for our region, for our state, for our president, for America, for this hour, for the nations of the earth. I'm telling you, when I know and I pray and I say, Lord, I am asking you now to release angels into another nation over a missionary, I know they're being dispatched from the throne of God in a moment. Glory to God. They're going to keep you in all your ways. It's, you know, it's amazing. You know, President Trump right now, President Trump right now is in Tallahassee, Florida. You know, he is surrounded by the best snipers of the United States military right now. He is surrounded by the highest level ranking of, of, of security imaginable. The best shooters, the best fighters, the best snipers. I'm flying back to Washington, D.C. tomorrow early in the morning. When I stand in front of the White House once again in the next 48 plus hours, you know what I'm going to find? I'm going to find snipers walking on the top of that White House looking. Moses said he charges his angels over us to keep us in all of his ways. Why are they there? They're on high alert keeping guard and watch over the president and over his family and over the leadership. I don't know what this is doing for you. He said the word of God says that he puts angels around you to keep you and guard you. My God. Jumpstart our hearts tonight, God. Shout <laughs> or Every one of you that named the name of Jesus that are born again in here, you have angels assigned to you. You have angels assigned to you to keep you in all your ways. This is how you can know to pray with authority over your children, to assign the angels of God over their life everywhere they go, to plead the blood of Jesus over them and to blanket them and surround them with the heavenly host like a company on a wall of fire all about them. I'm telling you, we've got to pray this way, especially in this hour, especially in this hour. Come on. You may be sitting there thinking, Brian, well, okay, this is good. Have you ever seen an angel besides your wife? <laughs> Did you see that? Head tilt, head tilt. <laughs> Have I ever seen an angel beside Bren? Actually, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. In 2010, I had received a call from my friend Tommy Tenney. Many of you know Tommy wrote the book, The God Chasers, and 30 other books. <laughs> but in 2010, Tommy called me and he said, I really believe you're supposed to be in a room with about 35 ministers from across the country. We're going to meet in St. Louis, Missouri. We're going to pray for our nation. So we flew up. This is back in 2010. We flew up to St. Louis, Missouri. We showed up at the church. Larry Stockstill, I don't know how many of you have, uh, uh, even know who Pastor Larry Stockstill is, but he's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He pastored Bethany Church for many years. His son, Jonathan Stockstill, pastors the church now. But we went into the meeting, and actually there was prayer before the meeting, before the other prayer meeting. <laughs> Just prayer, 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 prayer. And it was fire. And I remember going into the sanctuary, and there was just some round, there was a large sanctuary, and there were some round tables at the front. There was just enough chairs for the 35 of us that had arrived. And when I walked into the sanctuary, I just stopped where I was, and I just began to take in the sanctuary, and I just began to pray. And to my right, on this side of the auditorium, I saw like a translucent being that had to be nearly 20 feet tall. 
I could see it. I could see its shape. I could see its form. And as it caught my attention, I saw it move slowly to the very back of the sanctuary and stand in its place, and it was there that entire meeting. I have a friend who pastors in Alabama. When he was younger, he was with his pastor and 17 friends. In the middle of the night, they're having a prayer meeting. The middle of the night hours, they're having a prayer meeting, and all hell was breaking loose in their church. All hell was breaking loose in their church. All kinds of chaos and problems. People leaving the church, dysfunction, lies about the pastor, all kinds of chaos. That pastor walked pure and holy before God. He feared God. And he was teaching my friend how to pray and his friends how to pray. And that night there were 17 of them in that room. And in the middle of the night, they were praying in the sanctuary. The doors were locked. They were locked five different ways in the, in the back of the church. And for some reason, everybody in the prayer meeting got up and moved out from where they were laying in the pews. And they came to the front. And they were sitting in the front looking to the back of the building, everybody in silence. And all of a sudden, those doors went poof and blew open. All the way to those doors just clicked along the walls. And they sat there stunned seeing the, the road outside of the church. In walked a massive angel that had to bow down. Uh, those big doors literally had to bow down to get in and stood up like a soldier. Walked in, turned, and went to the corner of that room and just stood there. After that angel arrived, another angel bowed down, came through the front doors, turned and went to this side of the church and stood there for maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Didn't say one word, just looked forward like a militant, militant powerhouse. They were absolutely stunning. My friend says that the, the book table the, or the bookshelves that they had were absolutely massive. And he said that when that angel was standing next to that bookshelf in the back of the sanctuary, it looked like a little bitty toy. Suddenly, like they had heard a voice from another dimension, the angel that came in first turned like a soldier, walked and walked out, bowed down, went into the night and left. The next angel turned, walked like a soldier, turned again, came under the door easel, came out and went into the night. The pastor, they were all stunned. Every single one of those young men, 17 of them saw them. The pastor jumped up to go and walk down the middle aisle to go lock the doors up. And every one of those young men were so terrified, they jumped in right behind the pastor to follow him to the back of the church. When they got near the door, suddenly every single one of them were slain in the spirit and thrown to the ground. The next morning they woke up and the doors were wide open and there was traffic going along the road. I'm talking about angels on assignment. You have angels on assignment even now guarding you. You don't see them. You may not feel them, but they are there. I'm going to say that again. You may not see them. You may not feel them, but they are there. Here's the point that I'm trying to make tonight, and I've made a bunch. If angels can shut the mouths of lions for Daniel, if angels can deliver Peter from a prison, Kelly, would you come? If angels can bring food to a prophet named Elijah and feed him for 40 days, that's in 1 Kings 19. An angel came and literally fed the prophet. Corey, would you come with her too? Thank you, brother. If angels ministered to Jesus in the wilderness and in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives, you must believe that the angels of God have been assigned to you and they see the very face of God every day. I want to say, may God open our eyes to the unseen realities and the unseen dimensions. May God open our eyes to the unseen dimension, 
to have angelic visitations, angelic encounters. This is my final point tonight. We have to learn how to activate angels. Listen to me carefully. Let me ask you if this this prayer is appropriate. Let me just ask you if this this prayer is is appropriate. If I was praying for some of our friends in Jerusalem right now in the old city of David at their house of prayer, if I went before the Father tonight and I said, Father, I ask you to dispatch and loose your holy angels from your throne to that house of prayer in the city of David right now, and I ask you to energize that staff. I ask you to energize those intercessors and that team and refresh them and minister to the heirs of salvation and loose your power. Bring messenger angels to them to give the wisdom and the knowledge that they need for this hour. Let me ask you, is that prayer, do we have authorization to do that? Do we have authorization to say, Father, tonight we ask you to loose your warring and minister angels on our behalf as we go before this board in Sarasota County to shut this down. And Father, we ask that these angels will remove every demon prince, every demon spirit, and remove them out of here so that we can lose holiness and power. Lord, loose your angels to release holiness, purity, power, and shut down the forces of evil and the influence of this in Jesus' name. Do we have authority to do that? You better believe it. You better believe it, folks. It's the Word of God. You know what's amazing? In the book of Acts, when they were praying for Peter to be released from that prison, that after the angel hit him and said, hey, bro, get up. Let's let's get a move on. Get. And led him out of that prison. He went to the house where they were praying. And he knocked on the door, and a little girl answered the door and saw Peter. He's like, (laughs) she shuts that little window of that door, that door, however it happened. She runs into the prayer meeting and says, Peter's at the front door. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're praying. Are you getting it? Yeah, yeah, we're we're praying. We're asking God to do something. She's like, yeah, he's already done it. He's, Peter's at the door. And someone actually says in the prayer meeting, no, you probably just saw Peter's angel. Think about that. Think about that. What, what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that you and I need to start having expectation of supernatural interventions from God, holy angels on assignment for every one of our lives. And this hour, as we pray, as the ecclesia of God, releasing the power and the authority of the name of Jesus in the earth to release angel armies on the behalf of God's will. This is so important. I'm telling you, this is so vitally important that we don't get weak and insecure and start freaking out of everything that we are seeing. It seems like all hell is being vomited all over America and violence is breaking out everywhere. We need to know that we are covered. We need to know that the Lord will deliver us. We need to know that the angel of the Lord is encamping round about us. How do we do that? By decreeing it. By declaring it. By praying it. By expecting it. I feel such an anointing in this place tonight. A radical powerhouse anointing. I'm believing that angels of God are going on our behalf because we've commissioned them to go and get exactly what every family needs. 
for this hour. I've asked the Lord to commission his angels to bring us our building and property. I've asked him to release angels to go and bring in the prosperity that we need for a miracle campus. Kelly and Corey's in agreement with that. <laughs> I saw that bass, bass player nod. I saw those eyebrows. Why don't you stand with me tonight? So we're going to pray and we're going to decree. We're going to declare tonight. Would you lift your hands all over the sanctuary? Come on, lift your hands all over the sanctuary tonight with me. Now remember... We are standing before the throne of the Lord as sons and daughters. We are standing before the throne of God as sons and daughters. We have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. We are washed white. We are clean before his throne. And we come boldly to the throne of grace to access what we have need of. So right now, I want you in just a moment to begin to pray and decree and declare that Father would loose forth His holy, dazzling, powerful, unstoppable angels on your behalf for your marriage, for your life, for your family, for your children, for this region, for our state, for our president. I want you to begin to pray and ask Father to commission His angels tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kelly, would you just sing in the Spirit for a little while? Just sing in the Holy Ghost. to loose legions and legions and legions of warring angels to Washington, D.C. To Washington, D.C., Lord. We ask you to loose legions of legions of warring, ministering, powerhouse angels to the broken city, to the broken city of Washington, D.C., to bring healing and restoration, to bring freedom to captives, to take the scales of blindness, spiritual blindness off the eyes. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, we ask you to commission your holy angels to crush the works of darkness in our capital to crush the works of darkness, Lord, throughout the Supreme Court, throughout the White House, throughout the Pentagon, in the name of Jesus. The power 
of the spoken word being released, God, to bring a divine turnaround and an ultimate comeback for our nation. In the name of Jesus, come on, shout the victory tonight. Come on. Father, loose your angels. Father, loose your angels with messengers. Messengers, messenger angels, God, with messengers. Healing, power, wonders, breakthroughs. The releasing of spiritual prisons and bars that have held people captive. Release your mighty warring angels to break them out of captivity. Father God, I'm asking you to release tonight. I'm asking you to release the ministry of your powerful angels upon the millennial generation. The millennial generation, God, to take off the spiritual blinders as the God of this world has blinded them. Oh God, would you loose the ministry of your angels to loose the millennials from spiritual blindness and darkness and break the powers of witchcraft over their lives in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I'm asking you to release your mighty angels to our city and our region to ignite the church and bring revival. To bring revival and awakening to Sarasota and this region. I'm asking you, Father, to release angels, Lord, that lose such awakening and power that we will start hearing testimonies, God, of the invasion of the Spirit of God in churches in this region and the outbreaking of the Holy Ghost in the streets of this community on the beaches of this community, oh God, outbreaks, unleashing a visible power, unleashing a visible power. So I've been prophesying to this house, and I'm gonna prophesy it again. God is preparing us for the day of divine confrontation. God is preparing, lift your hands. God is preparing this company for the hour of divine confrontation against the forces of darkness. And we need to be strengthened and energized by the power of revelation. The power of revelation to know that there is more with us than those that are against us. We need to be readily, readily aware that the angels of God are on assignment with us to break the powers of darkness. Think it not strange when the Lord thrusts you into dark places. Think it not strange when you see the confrontation coming to your door. But know that God has already equipped you in the power of the Holy Spirit and angels that have been assigned to your destiny and your purpose for this hour. You will break through. You will overcome. You will break through. You will overcome. You will break through. You will break through. You will overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Kushata Ishkarabapapatai. Pray for a baptism of fire in this house tonight. A baptism of fire. Fire, fire, fire.
Send your angels of fire to victory, God. Send your holy angels of fire. Your seraphim angels. Your seraphim angels. Send your seraphim angels of fire to this company. Angels of fire. Angels of fire be released to this company. Does anybody agree with that prayer? Come on. Come on. The fire of your holiness, Lord. The fire of your holiness, the fire of your love, the fire of your divine passions. Send your angels of fire, God, to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the power of your word. Your word is alive. It is alive, and it is quickening our spirit this night. I thank you for every friend. I thank you for every new friend that has come in this room visiting tonight in victory. I pray, Lord, that you energize them and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. May your faith become ignited tonight, knowing that God surround you with a heavenly host to keep you, to guard you, to protect you, to lead you, to bring you into divine favor and providence to win in this life. I thank you, Father, for the holy angels on assignment. Holy angels on assignment. Father, I pray for heavenly visitation. I ask you for heavenly visitation. I pray that in our homes, your angels will be released upon us and our children. I pray, Lord, that some even this week will entertain angels unaware. And then they will be quickened in their spirit to know that was the angel of the Lord. So, Father, I thank you again that you dispatch your holy angels to rescue our lives and keep us in every way. I pray divine protection upon this house. I pray that divine protection upon me and my wife, upon this house, in the name of Jesus, upon our children, upon the children of victory, upon the families of victory, in Jesus' name, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. We just give him a victory shout one more time tonight. Come on. One more time. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.